0: Welcome to the one-player podcast, the show on solid board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 283.
1: I have a dream that one day the hills of the universe shall be filled with games.
0: <laughs> you've, been pr- you've been planning for that one, Julius.
1: Yes, I was. <laughs> it's very Memphis, that one.
0: Is it? Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And that's, uh, and if you don't. No, listeners. Julius might be in Memphis.
1: I am a Memphis native.
0: Yes. See.
1: Born, bred, and still living here.
0: So there you go. <laughs> and today it's a special day. We have a guest. We
2: have Jason from Meeple, myself, and I. Hello, Jason. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Hi, Jason. Hey, Julius.
0: So yeah, today we're gonna we decided to get together and talk about a I think it's a game everybody loves. That's my opinion anyway.
1: I also just want to introduce what we're going to start doing for the next several weeks, because a new Oniverse game has come out, and we tend to like the Oniverse games. Mm -hmm. They are solo-only games, uh, and so far they've all been pretty good. And we wanted to review one, but we thought we'd take the opportunity to step back and talk about all the other games uh, on a back-to-our-table type format before we talk about the newest one.
0: Mm-hmm. Sort of a back-to-the-table, right? We're going to do one... Well, yeah, it is a back-to-the-table, but it's going to be one game every week from here on out until we're finished.
1: <laughs> and I guess there's no way of telling how long that will take without counting the games.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's give it a couple months, give or take. So, yeah, so that's the plan. And so we're starting this off with Jason. Um, so I guess we could just start from the beginning, right? Uh in case people don't know onairum Onir- or Onirum, we don't really know how to pronounce it i think the consensus is that it's Oniram.
2: <laughs> i think that'll be the most controversial part of the episode is uh which way people choose to pronounce it probably most of the other games in the series aren't quite as uh i don't know cryptic for how to i think i know how to say all of the games except this one maybe
0: yep I- yeah i think you're right this is the- this is the- maybe Equilibrium slash Urbion is controversial or confusing. I don't know or that we can talk about
1: Urbion. It's not actually out yet.
0: It's not <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, okay. It, it came out. It came out as Urbion. It, it's been out once. I don't that doesn't count. It just hasn't been reprinted with the new format. But anyway, the we'll get to that when we get to it or we won't. Um yeah, <laughs> the the name is the biggest controversy. The the game, it's a it was designed for one player. But it's playable as one or two player. And all these games in the series are one or two. And it is a a
1: light. I I just want to clarify because there have been a number of interviews with the designer Shady Torbay where he has said that it's not that it was designed for one players. It was designed for one or two. And he maintained a strong emphasis to make sure that it worked at both one and two. To make sure that it was fun at both one and two.
0: Then I stand corrected. Thank you. Which, yeah, I don't remember. And I remember talking to him years ago. So somewhere go back and listen to an episode where I talked to him. This is actually the third time we talk about this game then. Because this was the first game on the podcast. And this second edition came out. And you and I talked about it. And then we had an interview with him. And now we're talking about it again. So look at that. I, that's that's kind of exciting. <laughs> so yeah, it's a simple hand management game for one or two players. In which you're traveling the world of dreams. Lost, lost in your dreams trying to find all the doors and open them to escape or or move beyond or something. I'm not sure exactly.
1: Yeah, interestingly, in light of the later ones, this is the first one where you're stuck in the world of the Oniverse, but all the other ones just sort of take place in the world of the Oniverse. I was
0: thinking about that. You know, I've been playing the game again the last few days, and I, I think in this game, you're sort of, you've fallen asleep and you're now traveling in the, in the universe and visiting these different locations through the location cards and trying to open the doors with keys or by finding the right sequence of, of locations and whatnot, by playing the cards on the table and each of the location colors in the game corresponds to a different game in the universe. I kind of think this is sort of a summary of everything that happens. And then each game is part of that dream. I don't know. And you know, that's just psychoanalyzing the game, whatever. But that's kind of what an impression I got.
1: I'm gonna disagree with you on that, but okay.
0: So yeah, so so there's our summary of the game, right? Do we want to move on to the rules, theme, components? Sounds good to me. Jason, who's next? Rules, theme, components. Let's do
1: theme next. Yeah,
0: let's do that. <laughs> okay, theme, theme. So so the game, it, like we said, it's about traveling in the world of dreams. Oneerum isn't really a word. But it, it sort of means, um, I I think p- part of the root of Onirum, the I'm not sure which part of it, is has to do with dreams, and I think that's how the name came about. the The theme is you're traveling in dreams. There's nightmare cards that come up every once in a while that you have to deal with, and you're visiting locations in your dreams, opening doors. Um, anybody want to talk? Anybody want to say something?
1: I mean, I think about we that? just basically discussed the theme. I think that we differed a little bit on how it has the overarching one, but I think that the theme is very well portrayed in the idea of it being not real life physics in a number of the way things are done. It's very dreamlike imagery, including the nightmare monster that will chase you if you choose to play with that expansion.
0: Hmm. It, it It is very dreamlike. It is very, it's fair to say it's a very pasted on theme. It's, it's, not really necessary, and this is the kind of game the theme could be absolutely anything. it would probably work just as well. And yet, because of the art, I think it works fantastic, and I like the theme, and I, I, I kind of get a sense that I'm stuck in a dream when I play the game. But, you know, that might just be me projecting or something. I have no idea.
2: Yeah, I think that the... I think if we are talking about art and components of the game as well, right? I think it's a surprisingly... I think it's a relatively thematic feel. I think even from like the moment with the second edition, you open up the box and you can kind of have that experience of, it's. It, I think it's a charming thematic little experience from the moment you take off the lid and you have the rules nestled within the rules and then the flaps that you open up and everything like that. I think that it it, it feels like it's going for a very distinct style. That's what really caught my eye about the game when I first played it what, five, seven years ago is that it's the, the presentation of the game from, from the box itself to the components and the kind of the dreamlike art. Um, I think, I think it's a, I just think it's a charming, I really like the the setting of the games overall, but something about this game in particular, maybe because it's just abstract enough that you can play the cards without really thinking too much about it. But it does, I think, I think it gets that dreamlike feel pretty nice. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I, we, we didn't talk about the components yet, but the, the whole, op- like you said, opening up the box, the whole process, it's almost like you're stepping into a dream. And it, in a way, and again, I'm kind of exaggerating here, maybe whatever, but it kind of feels like you're opening up the flaps to the rule book because the, the box that was designed. It's got these flaps. Underneath the flaps is the rule book, which is two separate books that are intertwined with each other. And it kind of feels like you're stepping into
1: something, right? Like you're descending into a dream. Albert is waxing so poetically about those components, <laughs> whereas every time I look at those flaps, I'm like, "Ugh, flaps get out of the way so I in can the get them t- Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, so I just spent ninety or three hours in the car, I guess. Really, uh, you know, getting ready for this episode. So there you go. That's what I was thinking about.
2: <laughs> I think it's more functional than some of the other. Some of the flaps, I do agree. For some of the other games, they get bent. <laughs> They're a little bit yeah. unruly. I think this one's a little more, a little more elegant. But yes, I probably do side with Albert here. I think it's a, a kind of a charming experience. There are some of the games that I have chucked the insert for, though, but not for not for oh, Oniram. I don't know that I could ever
0: do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gone for me. Is it? Oh,
0: ouch, that hurts me.
1: <laughs> well, we'll talk about that maybe l- later on.
0: Okay, well, let, let's move on to the components then, since uh, since we already kind of dove into that a little bit. The There's two editions of this game. It's worth mentioning that. The older edition came in the small... Two deck size box from Z-Man Games. It's like um, a lot of different things came in that size before. Nothing that much does anymore, I think. What 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 was in that size? Eventually, it got republished in a much much bigger format, which is still relatively small. It's like a four by four inch box. It's about two inches deep, but incredibly better presentation and, and quality components and in production. Game. And production, yes. see this you know normal telescoping box, you open it up. There's there's quite uh, eye-catching, the nightmare monster you see there. And he's created kind of by the, I think, by the shape of the insert?
1: Correct. The shape of the flaps as they open up makes the monster. So you have to sort of move the monster aside to get to the rules in the game itself.
0: Rather dreamlike, isn't it, Julius?
1: No, absolutely not. Because (laughs) usually the monster's in the middle of the dreams, whereas here you sort of have to breach the monster to get to the dream. But normally most of these dramatic type things in the middle of the dream there's the monster so no it's not at all thematic (laughs) i'm also going to be obstinate
0: (laughs) 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 so then we get past all that stuff get it out of the way and then you have two decks of cards two well two stacks of cards it's not decks really necessarily a ton of cards though and a meeple say a, a nightmare meeple which is a big i think the older version is wooden they might all be plastic now i'm not sure but it's what like an inch inch and a half tall and he's again the same nightmare critter and mainly what you're getting is a ton of cards though
1: and we know what they're called at this point since they're not even nightmares because they're they're a main thing in a different one now i'm looking it up
2: is it the incubus is that what it is Is yeah the little incubus is his name uh yes
0: that's who it is so the Incubus guy, he he's that little plastic figure. And he he looks just like the regular Nightmares in the game. So we talked about cards. You get a lot of cards in the game. Um, I'm going to take a guess here. 150 or so. Maybe 160. And about 80 of that, maybe a little less, is the, the deck of cards that you play with the base game. Everything else is expansions that you get on, onto the game. It brings seven expansions in the box that are... All modular, so you could choose which ones you want to play with, none, one, or all of them, if you want, or any combination within. And that little incubus guy is also an expansion in a way that will let you modify the game. So there's tons of different ways to play this game, just based on which set expansions you use. And I think that's it about the components. Probably the one downside that I can think of, I'll, I'll say two. And this one's for Julius. The first one is that the cards don't fit sleeved in the box. You're gonna just have yep. to get rid of that insert if you want to sleeve your cards.
1: Yep. And this is a game that is going to be shuffled a lot. With that that I was just about to mention it too, because we mm-hmm. were talking, I was saying I was gonna mention later, but I threw away the insert. This is why. This has so much shuffling involved because anytime you throw in a door or this thing or different expansions this and that there's so many things that will get shuffled back in or cause you to shuffle you have to shuffle it a lot and sometimes the deck is huge and sometimes the deck is tiny and for games where i shuffle a lot i already want to have the cards be sleeved especially when it's either a really big deck or really small deck i want it to be sleeved so this is a game where i wanted it to be sleeved there is an excellent 3D printed insert that is available on Thingiverse that is the Onirim organizer for sleeved cards that I've printed off and that I used to make the game It the game is taller with it because the cards have to be stored upright instead of laying down like they are in the original but it allows you to store everything sleeved um, and in, I think you need to have this game be sleeved to be able to play the game well and consistently, and it is an excellent divider, but it it kills all of the nice packaging that <laughs> comes in the original one. And I say nice with air quotes because it is really nice. It is an excellent presentation, but it is it's not
0: functional form
1: without function. <laughs> So it just gets in the way. And so I have no problems giving up on it. I don't like the fact that the OniRim box is bigger than all the other box because so far, no other game, even the ones that need to be sleeved, don't fit back in the original box. But this one didn't. This one had more cards than any other game. And yes, I think it needs to be sleeved, and I wish it was a bigger box because of that.
0: Hmm. Do do either of you know that the game just got republished by was Impatience Impatience has purchased
1: the rights to all the Onirim stuff they're not changing it yeah it's
2: the same so I'm doing a a giveaway of the reprinted set on my show that just got done so I have the set sitting at my house right now to give away it looks like it's the I, I it's the same boxes the same dimension I think that the meeple the meeple in um uh the new one Stellarian. it's it's a the finish feels different than on the other one. So I don't know if the meeples are exactly identical, but the boxes themselves, at least from the outside, it's the same dimensions. The only thing that looks different is Z-Man has been replaced um, with impatience. But yeah, I think that, that I, we can get into this when we're talking about, about rules a little bit more, but I think the components of this game feel like they themselves are almost the dividing line for whether people really like this particular game or not. Because most people that I talk to uh if they don't like it the first thing that they'll usually say is man the shuffling is just it's too much shuffling right the components Mm -hmm. themselves i have to manipulate these cards i have to deal with these things um too much and i'm sure we'll talk about the app that comes for the game at some point as well there is there's a really good app version of the game but i think that that there are a few things that are characteristic of a lot of the games that different games that people have complaints about but i think it's really interesting how the physical reality of shuffling and dealing with the cards it's it's almost like a it's a it's an element of the game in some ways and how much you're willing to deal with that is really going to say but if you like a light game and you don't mind a lot of shuffling that probably is most of what you need to know about if you're gonna like this game or not for the most part i think
1: as an aside, just to comment on the, the meeples being different, um, the publisher or the new publisher, Inpatients, has been quoted saying that they're not making any changes. Oh, cool. So it could be that there are differences in just the printing of the creation of the meeples that is incidental to being a different publisher. But it appears to not be on purpose, uh, if that's true, that there is any difference. Um, I've never held the Stellar because I do have some of mine are impatient, some are not. So I've never held the different people side by side. I don't know, but it's, it's not on purpose.
2: Yeah. Okay. I think it could just be that it's a stylistic. It felt more matte to me than the other ones do. And that could just be how they chose to do this next one. I don't know because I am not a, sane well person i want to i'm thinking about getting all inpatients to replace all my z-man versions so i have the same <laughs> and then I, then i can know once and for all but i can't quite justify that that leap off of the deep end quite yet and so
0: yeah i've I've wondered if i should buy all the inpatients versions but i don't think i get rid of the other ones i just have two copies of all the. yeah <laughs> so yeah i don't know the, the original nightmare meeple guy the little incubus i think he's wooden that the one i have i don't know if they've changed that because the other one's all the later games, they all feel
2: like they're plastic. Yeah, I think they're like acrylic, right? I think that mm-hmm. might be
1: the. There's some sort of plastic. You, yeah. the first edition is wooden. The yeah, the original
0: One'irum of the the second edition, but the first one that came with the the big box was wooden. Oh. He he definitely feels different. His texture. No, is really different. not mine. Yeah, I
2: don't really? think that mine is wooden, but I don't that.
0: Well, that's definitely wood. Well, mm. it's kind of heavy, dense wood. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know then. That's interesting. Now, I think this was a review copy they sent me. Maybe that's why. Maybe it was a little bit different at that point. Anyway, I don't know. So they're, they're acrylic now is, is what we're saying for everything?
1: Some sort of plastic. <laughs> okay. That's the best I'm going to give for it without doing chemical analysis.
2: This is the hard-hitting analysis of this game that is really needed. Is the <laughs> is what what component is that meeple made of? You know, put them side by side, <laughs> stress, tests yeah, stress test, cut uh, them in
0: half. You know, I'll be honest. I it kind of doesn't matter because I've never really used any of the meeples in any of the expand in any of the games because they generally. If I'm, I may be wrong here, but I think they generally add variance to adjust the difficulty, and I've just never bothered to do that. So it kind of doesn't matter. Um, you had mentioned the sleeving of the cards and having to throw out your insert. My, my one issue with the, the quality of the components is also the cards. I don't sleeve my cards cause I don't want to throw out the insert and all the cards have black borders and they end up getting worn a lot from all mm-hmm. the shuffling. So either you're going to have to sleeve your cards to make it easier to shuffle. or You're going to live with the fact that they're going to not be sleeved and get worn terribly. This is I, my first original copy. I ended up having to replace cause it was so worn. So, yeah, any, any other comments on the, uh, components, Jason? Have-
2: no, I think that that the, the thing that struck me about the components when I was playing again to prep for this is I just, cause I don't sleep my cards. Um, the, the thing that I thought was, well, I wonder how long this is going to last. When am I going to have to buy, <laughs> when am I going to have to buy a new version of this game? And I think that that wear and tear, um, it is the app is nice to not have that degradation but i yeah i think you're right you have to make a choice between sleeving and the trade offs that come with that or just accepting that the, these aren't you know the highest quality linen finished amazing cards they are going to wear over over play and because of the nature of the game i mean you're shuffling easily over a dozen times in a single play right i mean it is just a progress in the game is characterized by shuffling the cards so that anytime pretty much anytime you do something good you go find something and shuffle the whole deck so you're 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 going to wear and tear on that but Mm -hmm. it is a affordable game and i think it's a charming presentation I, i mean that's what pulled me into the whole series was this game first off
0: yep same here okay so so then we covered the components uh rules sure let's do it Okay, the my thought. So the rules the, you get two rule books with this game, but they're both pretty small. The first rule book is just the base game, the second rule book is all the expansions. Um I like that I like how they did that. That works out really well. It's easy to read because if you you know if you're looking for a base rule or an expansion rule, you know which book to go to. The I think they're well written, well organized. The layout is really well done because of the way you have the two rule books, the the main rule book the front cover is cut at a, as a triangle diagonally right so so that the second book slides into it and then they two fit together and it's a nice presentation
1: the again i think that's form over function but yes
0: yeah well it is but it it just makes reading the book the game the rule book that much more pleasant i think and just adds to the enjoyment you know if you have a rule book that's a pain to read you're going to start the game hating it And if if the rulebook is, oh, wow, this is really nice, suddenly it just kind of buys towards the game, I think.
1: Yeah, but I don't normally say that's because of how the rulebook opens or closes. I think that's usually about how well it conveys the information. And focusing on how well it conveys the information, I think it does a really good job of that. Mm -hmm. Especially by, first, it splits off all the expansions now in separate things, and they're all easy to implement. And because there's so many expansions, there's a lot of times when things will tie in from one to the other, if there's anything which does tie in it gives a little bit of an explanation for how all those different things will tie in but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of vividity to the rules how they're explaining it there's a lot of images that will help explain things where things go how stuff happens so i think that the rules explain very well about how to play the game how to get into the game and i I don't recall. It's been a long time since I learned the rules to the game, but I don't recall Mm -hmm. having any issues with learning the rules to the game and reviewing them. Now they appear to be a very good rule book to be able to get into it.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think that there's any, I I don't, I'm I'm sure we've all read particularly painful rules for games before, and this certainly didn't feel like that. The only thing for rules that I maybe would have liked would have been some sort of, uh, reference card or something so that I don't have to always go back into the rules. If I'm, if I have a question about timing for nightmares or when things go into limbos or what exact, just an overview of the expansions, maybe a card that is some sort of reference would have been nice there, but the rules, the game is so bite-sized. You know, when you add it, we talk about adding expansions, it's usually two or three small tweaks to the game and some new cards that you shuffle in. It's not a particularly it's not a rules heavy experience, especially if you take it expansion by expansion. So there's not a lot of rules flipping and and I think it's very simply and elegantly done. They do a good job of putting you, you open up this little expansion rule book, you want to go to expansion three. It's probably two pages that you just fold open, look over the rules, find the symbols, and integrate it into what you're doing. So um I think that the only game in this system that I've that I've had questions about or I thought maybe was below kind of the standard set here is the most recent one. Um, I thought Stellarian's rules were a little bit. I had a harder time with them for whatever reason but for the most part I think this is an approachable digestible solo game um, that yeah I like the l- rules layout and I like how it's done for the most part.
0: Mm-hmm. L- let me let me read from the rule books here from the rule book. The rules for two players are the same as the solo rules. With the following exceptions. I love that. <laughs> when do you see that? It tells you to to go reference the solo rules to learn how to play with multiple players. That kind of tells you something about the game. Other than that, it's pretty straightforward. You know, if you're if you're gonna play multiplayer, you're gonna have to learn the solo game first. Um, if you're not a solo gamer, then that I guess that's annoying, though chances are you're probably not getting this game. I I I you know I already mentioned I like it. I think the appendix, all the games, all the expansions. I think, are two-page spreads. There might be a four-page one, but I don't think so. And so it's real easy. I do wish I had the reference at the back. Like Julia's already said, it's not a hard game to learn. He hasn't had to re-reference the, the rulebook. I hadn't played in six months, and I wanted to be sure that I had one of the rules for how to resolve a nightmare correct. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to find where the things like that are in the rules. It, it The layout is makes it easy to spot the the important things like that. So, and and if and if you are interested in the the graphic design and the extra stuff, sort of so to speak, the there's flavor text in there and whatnot that looks nice and it adds to the enjoyment. In terms of how to play, it's such a simple game too. Um, there, there, it's not gonna be hard to learn it from the rules at all. Where what's next?
1: Let's do the gameplay. Gameplay.
0: Okay, tell us about the gameplay, Judas.
1: So the gameplay is relatively simple, as was mentioned. Uh, you're going to have a giant deck in front of you. Your goal is to find all of the different doors in the deck. Uh, there's going to be two copies of each of, the different de- of each of the different doors, and there are four different colors across the deck. You're going to have a hand of cards that you're going to be playing cards from. On your turn, you're going to either play a card or discard a card if you don't have the ability to play it. The rules for playing it are generally you can't play the same card again. You it can't have the same symbol or the same, it can't have the same symbol as the previous card you played. Some of the symbols are more common than others. For example, suns are more common than moons, and moons are more common than keys. So sometimes you'll be stuck with a handful of moons and nightmares, and you won't have the ability to play something you want. You'll have to go digging and find another solution for that. But you have to continue to vary it up. While you're playing, you want to have multiple cards of the same color in a row. If you manage to play three cards of the same color in a row, then you immediately will be able to dig through your deck and grab a door card, play it out, and then voila, you've succeeded. have uh, done It sounds easy, exactly. <laughs> uh, once you've done that, uh, once you've played your card, you'll then fill your hand. Sometimes when you fill your hand... Uh, It can be a location card, which happens for some of the expansions. It could be a door card, in which case, if you have a key in hand, you can discard the key to be able to take that door, and voila, you have another door. Or it can be another dream. The basic dream from the base game is going to be a nightmare, which is going to cause you to discard keys, discard doors, or discard, discard cards from the deck, which essentially is pushing you towards the end game. If you manage to get... Or discard your entire hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, If you manage to get all uh, eight door cards out at the same time, you win immediately. If you don't have any cards left in the deck and you can't refill your hand, then that's it. You're going to be out. Um, There's eight different expansions that are included in the different game, and all of them do all sorts of different things. For example, some of them can give you different spells that can let you do different stuff. Some of them... So normally you'll have the ability to pull doors in any order you want. Some of them will change that rule, make it so that you have to do it in certain orders or align them differently or add dead ends so that you can get stuck as you're making the row of doors going through it. Um, one of them uses a the little incubus, which can either be used as essentially something to make the game easier, as a throwaway thing to cancel a nightmare, um, or it can be used to make things harder where the, he's a nightmare that's hunting you. So all sorts of different things to vary up the gameplay across all of the different expansions. Uh, let's talk about thoughts for the base game first, and then let's talk just generally about the different expansions. Then Sounds good? Mm-hmm. So speaking about the base game f- for me, I think even at the base game itself, I think that the game... Is light but still has a mechanical crunch to it where you are trying to essentially it kind of get lucky, but think about how it is that you want to orient your cards, how it is that you want to line things up, about if you want to if you feel like you've used too many of a certain color, the colors isn't coming up, or if you want to hold in with the key cards, the key cards can be a different icon. So do you feel like you should play it now? Or do you think you should hold on to the key in case you draw, in case you draw a door card? Um, Keys themselves can be used to trigger prophecies as well, to look at the top five cards. So there's a lot of push and pull. A lot of it surrounded the key cards in itself, which I think makes the game already fun and crunchy just at its base game. I do think the game sings a lot more of the expansion, but what do you guys think about the base game itself?
2: Yeah, I think there are some games in this series that feel like tutorials that I don't ever want to play. Just the base game with. I think there are several games in the OniVerse system as a whole that it feels like I okay. Well, I I've gotten through the base game and I don't I don't really ever want to go back to this. And I don't feel that way about, about Oniram. I think that the base game itself is simple. It is light. But I do think that there are lots of interesting decisions. And I think that that interplay of the key cards in particular, and whether you're holding on to key cards, hoping to draw the right door, holding onto a key card to fend off nightmares, or spending key cards to kind of mill through your deck, that decision system has enough there, I, you can sink your teeth into that. And there's some fun decisions that you can make with that. So um I agree. I, I There are some expansions that for me are kind of close to must play. I really like some of the expansions, but I do think the base game has some really good DNA to it that makes it worth playing. I think you can play around with that for a while just to kind of d- d- get used to the system.
0: Yeah, I, I find that the... For me, the game feels a lot like a traditional patience game that you play with a regular deck of cards, like, say, a Klondike or Spider, one of those solitaire games, in that it's very, it doesn't necessarily require a lot of thought. You're playing cards, you're drawing a card, playing a card, drawing a card, playing a card. That's kind of the flow of the game. And so it's really relaxing and and, and satisfying. And yes, like everybody's been saying, there's decisions to make, and that's true of most games. Otherwise, they're really just puzzles, right? But it never feels heavy and never feels burdensome, and it's always fun, and when you win, it's very satisfying. I, I find that that works well. So it's, it's just a really comfortable, pleasant experience is the way I find it, even if you think about the Nightmare theme and whatnot. <laughs> the what I gonna say, the, the shuffling is burdensome already in the base game. The, in the, so the deck brings 84 cards in the base game, the 8 doors and 76 dream cards. So you're going to be shuffling the deck of 76 cards. When you go to draw cards into your hand at the end of the round, after you played one card, you need to draw one card. If you draw a nightmare, you have to resolve it. Uh, let's say you d- you choose to discard your hand and to get rid of the nightmare. So you do that, and now you got to draw five new cards. If a- if you draw any nightmares or if you draw any doors, those get set aside in the limbo pile. Once you finish drawing up to five, you will shuffle your limbo pile back into the deck. So now you got to shuffle. If you're drawing cards and you get a door. And you can't spend a key because you don't have the matching key in your hand. The door goes into the limbo pile. You're gonna draw another card to replace that one, so you have five in your hand. And now you gotta shuffle your limbo pile again, which is basically shuffling one card into your deck. So that shuffling happens a lot, and that's the I think that's the one thing that sort of breaks the the flow of the game a little bit. But and it, but it isn't too bad in the solo game. It's also kind of interesting in in a way. It, it's and maybe it's just me liking this game too much. But in a way, I think when you start, your deck is really big and you're shuffling a lot of cards and it's kind of cumbersome and hard. And as you're progressing through the game, the shuffling gets much easier once the deck starts getting under the you know, 80-something cards. And the easier it gets, the faster the game feels, the tension's kind of ratchet up a little bit because you now have an idea of what has happened and what's coming so you, you know where what colors you might be short on and that sort of thing. And it, it flows well with the game which is a crazy thing to say, that the shuffling is actually adds <laughs> something to the game. But yeah, it's it's a satisfying base game. But like Julia said, there's all these other expansions now that you could add. There's the eight different ones, seven plus the Incubus, I think is the way they word it. They say seven expansions and an appendix. And there's also two more expansions you could buy that are standalone. They're available from the publisher directly. I've, I found them in my local game store, so they get them too. And they're each just another module you could add to the game. They're all optional and they each add some kind of variety to the rules, and they're each interesting in their own way. Um, I have opinions about which I like. I think everybody has something different. It's nice to try them all and mix and match. I I don't know. Um, What do you guys think?
1: With regard to the expansions, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, I know Jason said he has the ones that he feels are required. I'm not sure that I really have favorites. I think I've randomized it when I play of late.
0: Mm-hmm. I have favorites too. Um, and I will come back to them once in a while. I don't know. They feel, I think, but, but I, I like trying, I just try and like, like you really saying the randomizing, just trying different ones. I'll pick to say, Oh, this, this combination just sounds fun. And I'll try this today. Um, I especially like the doors and, and the book of spells. I think it's called this. It's the one with Book of Spells. That I like is neat. That gives you a lot of choice. I love the idea of the one where the the you draw cards into your hand and they're stuck in there. I think that's the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And you can't get rid of them and you can't play them. There's a couple ways to get rid of them, but until you're able to do that, you're just sort of stuck with them. And I kind of like the idea, but then that sort of feels a little bit like sloggy when it, when you play and it just kind of slows you down and frustrates more. But with the other expansions, it makes shine, depending which expansions you throw in. I love that there's also a lot of different types of dreams, not just nightmares. And as you add expansions, you find there's also good dreams that you could have in, or other types of bad dreams that work a little different than the nightmares.
2: Yeah, I think that it's interesting to to see this as the first the first game in the system and to see kind of the rifts that I think Torbay does throughout the rest of the system. I mean, I think one characteristic and if if we haven't said this clearly, this this model of there's a base game and then kind of a a small batch of expansions or modules that are packed right into the box. That's kind of the thing for these games, right? The, especially mm-hmm. for the second edition, the, the nice reprinted Z-Man and now Impatience versions. All of the games in this system have at least a couple of expansions and different ways to tweak it. And I, I think it's interesting to see one of the characteristic ways of that he does expansions in a lot of these systems is um, make the game a little bit harder, in this way, but then give you a little bit more power in this other way, right? So this time you have to get the doors in a preset order, but here are some things that you can do. Uh, you know, Now you use the discard pile as a power. And you you chuck cards and and use different things or uh, use extra cards, but then you have this new symbol that makes it easier for you to go and find cards. So I think that he does a nice job of the um, push and pull of, okay, it's a little bit, the, the goalpost is move a little bit, but you're also a little bit more powerful, have some more tools to your advantage, and I do agree I think that combining or mixing and matching those and it really makes to for for some nice experiences. I know that there are people who generate like what is it like the hundred and twenty eight different options that you could have for for all of the permutations of the expansions and checking off a thousand
0: twenty eight ten ten twenty four <laughs>
2: Yeah. So it's something there, there's a, (laughs) it's some huge number. And then you check off, Oh, today I beat one, four, five, and seven. And tomorrow I'll do two, three, and six together. You know, that people really get into those, those combinations. And I think it makes for some, for some interesting uh, combinations that are there. The only critique that I have of, I think this system, this game in particular, and I know it happens in other games as well. Um, I think that, again, the reference card, and what's the name of the expansion? It's the the door to the Oniverse. That's the one where you have the people, like the 16 people that you put in who all kind of yeah. have special powers. That, I I will almost never play that unless I play it on the app on my phone because there's, it, there's nothing on the card to suggest what these people do. It's a it's the same problem in Sylvian as well. I love Sylvian, but it's a similar problem of you get a card... Like, what does that, who is this person? He, he's a gold pot. Okay, well, what, is that, what does that mean? And then you go back and look at it. So I think that sometimes, I, I think it's hard to stuff intricacy into some of these expansions. And most of the time he threads that needle nicely. That one expansion in particular, I like it on the app. I don't like it in person, um, just because I can't play it without having the rule book open to, to tell me what they are, because I'm just not going to memorize them otherwise
1: you've brought up the app and I want to make sure that we discuss it because for me, I I have most of the other Oniverse games out on my shelf. Um, OniRim has been relegated to not on the shelf because of the app. I think the game is more enjoyable to play on the app. I think it's much more fun. You mentioned back at the beginning about shuffling being a problem. I agree with the problem here. I think it's, easier i think it's better to play on the app i'm able to play it faster do you two feel the same
0: i i definitely don't i the app is fine but i i enjoy the the aspect of playing with the cards and having them in my hand and shuffling and all. That. i don't mind it the app also only has a couple of the expansions available which is a drop i think the base game is free when you get the app you can get the app for free but you have to buy it a to get two of the expansions, and I think there's a third one free if I remember right. If you just sign up to the Asmodee's website, I think that's how it worked. Um, and the, the the choice of expansions is fine, but they're not necessarily my favorites. I wish there were more. And I don't I don't have any problem with the shuffling. And you know this, it might be because when this game first came out, um, I remember picking up at the game store and being surprised to see a a small little tiny one player game that looked really cool. And and then taking it home and playing it, just finding out how much fun I was having with it. So I think I'm just really biased to like this game and, and find it hard to to find anything negative in it.
1: <laughs> that sounds like an hour way of doing things, getting old and stuck in his ways.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I am old. <laughs> what can I say? The So yeah, so I, I it doesn't bother me. I don't mind the shuffling.
1: One more comment it's I want to make about work. the shuffling. Because I've played a version that someone else had homebrewed. Where they mm. took the entire game, but instead of using a deck of cards, they made it into a bag builder. So mm. instead of having to shuffle, all of it is just tokens printed on plastic chips. And then it's all shuffle, it's all shaken up in a bag. So there's a whole lot less shuffling. Every time you want to shuffle, you throw it in and shake it around. And I much preferred playing it as a bag builder than a giant deck game. What do you two think about that?
2: I think that I have seen postings of that on the the one player guild i think it's very impressive um i i think that in a way i don't fully know how to articulate i do think that the shuffling of the cards is relaxing i like the tactile feel of going through that um i think that's very admirable i also am so incapable of making something like that that it's just kind of an that's just kind of an abstraction <laughs> for me but it is a cool it's a that's a, that's a neat idea and i think it shows how the different ways that you use components in games affect the player's experience of it right because a deck builder yeah. versus a bag builder it is asking different things from players um i think it would work certainly as a as a bag builder though
0: yeah absolutely um i find it i have I have not seen that, but when I play Castillion, I have a bag for all the tiles. I throw them into the bag and I pull them out. And I find that for me, when I when I play that way, it's really slow getting stuff out of the bag. Because I every time I end up mixing a bunch, and it slows down the play a lot for me. And I am pretty sure that's kind of a unique thing for me, and it's not necessarily universal.
2: I usually rip the bags of most games that have bags, I find. When I have a any bag builder, I feel like I 10 plays in in buying a new bag because the strings are coming out with the things. Yeah, <laughs> when yeah, I, and when they're,
0: they're always too small. You, you gotta, you gotta replace it for a bigger bag. That's what yeah. I find because you don't have room to stick your hand in and really dig through that, which is what I like to do. Um, for the shuffling, it isn't that bad most of the time in Onirum. When you a lot of times when you draw one card and you got to then shuffle one card back into the deck, you don't have to do a very very thorough shuffle. I'll stick it in the middle and then I'll just shuffle it a couple times and be done with it. You know, I didn't know what was the rest of the cards were, so it doesn't change anything for me. Yeah. Um, if in a case where maybe I had to, or I discarded a nightmare and I drew five cards into my hand, and oh look, four of these are, are nightmares and doors. i got to draw another set forward to replace them. So now there's four things to discard it, and they're all clumped together, and they're all nightmares. I I want to shuffle carefully so they don't come up together again. Or Maybe I shouldn't, <laughs> so that they stay together at the bottom. I don't know. But then in those scenarios, I'll shuffle more carefully. So I think the shuffling is somewhat manageable
2: for the, for the app. I know that's kind of where we were just talking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think I'm somewhere uh, between the, the, the polls that are represented by you two. Um, I really liked the app when I got it. I think something very clever that they did is they have a little achievement system in the app as well. That has you go for these weird little goals uh, that I remember having a lot of fun, going for that um but i won't ever get rid of the physical version of the game um just because i i like getting out the physical components it's nice to be away from a screen but i think that this game i think the game is suited for app porting i don't like i don't like a lot of board games turned into apps because i feel like information is consolidated and you have to go click on the deck or the part of the board and zoom in and hope to find the information this is just a row of cards and if and a few cards in your hand, and the app does everything else for you really smoothly. So I think this game is very well-suited for it. And again, there's the one expansion that I pretty much will only play. But yeah, I do wish... If if all of the expansions were in the app, I would probably have a more... I would feel more torn about it, but I do like having uh, a couple of those physical versions as well. But it is... I think this kind of shows a... a divide for a lot of solo gamers is you know do you do you want to go to the app or do you need the physical components and that that probably just comes down to personal preference for for most people
0: I don't think I have anything else to say about the app. I've mentioned before I'm not really a big fan of gaming on my phone like I used to be um though so I recently got stuck playing a lot of games on my phone. Thanks to Julius <laughs> for, for about two months. I was playing tower defense games on there. Finally got rid of them all and there's no games on there anymore. And I'm happy. <laughs> I'm sure that will change again.
1: Well, I guess if uh, we're out of things to say, I guess it's time for this stream to end.
0: All right. Thank you, Julius. <laughs> the, and I guess that wraps up the show. Uh, any last comments, Jason? And I want to tell us about what you're up to. Uh, your show, you just finished season one of Meeple, Myself, and I. Folks should go check it out.
2: Yeah, I have been doing, I I just got done doing about a year-long look at my top 100 games that I've reviewed. Um, my podcast is called Meeple, Myself, and I. It's just a solo-focused board game uh, podcast. It's mostly scripted. I try to do more essay-type stuff there and talk about life and games. Uh, I'm taking a bit of a break at the end of kind of an exhausting year long look <laughs> at a hundred games. And, uh, season two is, I think one of the first things I'll do is like a, I'm going to read Robinson Crusoe and play Robinson Crusoe and do something about that for an episode, trying to do stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, you can, I'm Neo trunks, 2002 on BGG, um, have got reviews up there and uh, I have got the podcast. And, I'll, in the meantime, I'll probably just be, Playing whatever game <laughs> is I feel the guiltiest about not having played or reviewed <laughs> yet and uh, yeah
0: nice okay I'm, I'm looking forward to Robinson Crusoe then I've been itching to play that game lately.'d it be fun to hear somebody talk about it
2: yeah it's I've played it not solo back when it first came out and I did enjoy it so um I have the new edition now hopefully the rules are a bit better and uh, we'll see how it goes
0: ah, okay well cool thank you um all right then everyone thank you for listening we'll be back next week to talk about another game in the universe
1: have a good night bye-bye thanks guys bye-bye. bye thanks for listening we love feedback so we love hearing from you